0: <laughs>
1: Stargate It's a great big world We're With the great crazy. big swirl, and you step inside To another world We're talking Stargate It's a crazy trip You can go Quite far and you don't need A car or even a ship It's getting tricky here There's
0: a cur- Carter and Daniel
2: and you, look out for that
1: girl. Cree, everyone, and welcome to Jaffa Takes, the podcast where we rewatch Stargate and comment on every episode. And sometimes, it's the season one mid-season finale and the last episode of 1997. And also, it's a Carter episode that is good? Question mark? Uh which is weird because we've had this is like the fourth one this season and they finally had have, have one where it's it's like a good episode of T V. So uh very exciting. Uh joining me this week we have Eric Howdy and Kavika. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, Season 1, Episode 14, Singularity, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I mentioned. as mentioned, uh, we're two-thirds of the way into Season 1, but uh, this is still, quote-unquote, the mid-season finale. Uh, they didn't really do uh, cliffhangers, as you'll see uh, at this point for this show. Uh, eventually, they're going to start doing that, doing a bit big to be continued at the end of the mid-season, uh, but not in this one. It's just an episode like... Uh, Like any other, even though it's, like, a significant one arc-wise, because it introduces, like, Cassandra, who's a recurring character, and it also weirdly introduces Near-T, which uh, gold that get mentioned but not seen so far have not uh, been ones they've gone back to, but weirdly enough, Near-T is going to be one that does show up down the line and becomes uh, an important gold character uh, just not in season one weirdly enough so we get like the first near t episode is when we're near t doesn't it doesn't appear um strangely enough uh also yeah singularity is like that that title has like kind of two meanings uh (laughs) but it's like the the first one well we'll get to it because uh the first scene as it opens is sg1 gearing up to go through the stargate and they're talking about uh, a black hole that they're gonna go look at on this planet uh, you know they do that a lot yeah gear Uh, up up to go through the gate uh uh-huh When you have a Stargate and your show is about going to other planets (laughs) through the Stargate, it's a useful plot device or uh, like opening moment device uh, for your TV show to have uh, a scene where you're establishing what's 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 happening now with with our people. Um, So yeah, Uh, I mentioned like this this uh, the the title has two meanings. This is obviously the first one of those because Singularity is. As any astrophysicist would tell you uh, the point it's like the event horizon I think of a black hole it's it 's the point where everything uh, gets completely sucked in and can't escape when where gravity or time or something turns infinite because it 's like a math term um, as it relates to physics in this case uh, but like, this is not, like, the important part of this, because this episode is barely about this black hole. Like, they don't really mention it much, except, except as an excuse to go through this planet. Uh, we're, we'll get to that later. Uh, kind of disappointing that we don't see it, because, like, uh, Carter you, describes it uh, <laughs> in this do scene. You, do you really
0: want to see a 90s uh, uh, yeah. uh, c- uh, CGFX black hole?
1: Yeah, that would be nice. I, I like I'm ninety nine percent sure we're eventually gonna see an, a black hole on Stargate uh, actually done with with CG actually there's one in season two now that I think about it but um <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, like, the way she says it, like, Daniel points out, well, it's a black hole, it's in space. How can, uh, how are we supposed to even see it? And Carter says, well, the way that a black hole sucks everything in and does, like, a, a kind of vortex effect, uh, you, you, you're able to see everything that does get sucked into the black hole and it does a cool spiral thing as it goes in there, even though the center of it is dark. So that should be cool to look at with a telescope, uh, which, you know... Wish they did look at it. Which, considering it, that's the point why they're going there, that's uh, also like they don't. I don't. Th- I don't know if they mentioned the eclipse and in, in this opening scene. But the reason they're going to that planet today is because there's going to be a solar eclipse on that planet, which is going to uh, which is going to make the the sky dark and and allow them to look at the black hole. Which you would think maybe night time would be a good time to do that, or maybe like because of the the season this planet is in—it's only visible at night in six months or whatever, um, or. Six six of that planet's months, whatever, however long that is. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's not even it's not even important because, like the uh, once again, much, much like the tidally locked planet we had that one time, this barely affects anything <laughs> as to the plot of this episode. Uh, it has nothing to do with it. Uh, we do get a, a nice funny moment where uh, O'Neill says, "Actually, it's called the accretion disk," and he shows that he knows a little bit about how black holes. Uh, work and carter reminds us that o'neill has a telescope on his roof um and daniel is kind of ju- just like staring at him as as uh, jack says some science words and like is uh that can is just kind of looks at it stares at him with his mouth slightly open because he can't believe that jack is saying some uh big words <laughs> um and there's a little joke about uh the, the the telescope being used to spy on other on his neighbors, uh which haha, very funny. Um but yeah, they go through the planet. Uh there there's a there's like a, a road sign on that planet, uh next to the road right out of the Stargate, uh that says, Welcome to Hanka, which is the name of this planet. It's al- it also gives us the code of this planet right on that sign, which is PX898987. Uh <laughs> and uh yeah we know that sG7 is the team that went there because you have the sG7 logo on the sign and everything this 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 looks a little shady to me I guess like putting a sign like that on an alien planet saying hey welcome welcome to this nice planet that we people of the U.S. military put on there to welcome everyone here. That uh, uh, That's a little bit planting a flag to my taste, uh, considering this is, you know, uh, supposedly independent planet, even though, uh, it's, it's kind of also a ghoul planet, but like secretly we're going to learn, uh, later in this episode. Um, we also know that apparently the name, uh, SG7's leader is named John Smith, because his name is on that sign, uh, he, we're not gonna see much of him, except as a corpse in a minute, because uh, SG7 is dead, y'all, this is, the, this is the second, uh, SG team we've lost since the beginning of this season, after SG9 in that one episode with the, the bad sun planet, um uh also like yeah the 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 sign mentions the douglas mclean memorial observatory which like tells tells us the question i had about this episode which is like earth apparently uh, built that telescope that's on this planet um because uh, otherwise it looks pretty pastoral it looks like a, a rural planet it's farmland and stuff um but yeah uh they walk through they they walk out of the gate they they notice that it's a little quiet, too quiet, maybe, because uh, no one is there. Like they thought SG Seven would be there to greet them, but there's nobody. They walk forward a little bit, and uh, they spot a corpse on the ground that we see first of all, first in the foreground. Um, and, yeah, they, they go to examine it, and, oh, no, this this, this dead body has a bunch of, like, uh, gross uh, sores on him, like, uh, he looks like a plague corpse, basically, so, oh, no, that's, that's bad, right? Um, O'Neill has touched this body, so, like, the first thing he does is, like, okay, he calls for everyone to put on their hazmat. Uh, gear basically which is gas masks i guess at this point they're gonna have full hazmat suits later in this episode but uh this is what they're carrying with them uh o'neill like uh, opens a pouch where where he has a little like uh a little wipe in it that has like some yellow gel on it which i suppose is disinfectant uh gel like it's it's one of those uh purell wipes it's just like it's it's a kind of die i haven't seen before i assume this is military issue stuff um but yeah, he washes his hands with it over his fingerless okay. gloves. But what are you going to do? Cause that's how he touched this, uh, this body. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, okay, so the cold open, uh, c- keeps on a little bit longer. They go to that observatory, uh, that was mentioned on the, on the sign, which is, uh, some nice, uh, sheet metal structure with, uh, it looks, it looks of human construction. So, uh, it, like, yeah, it, it's, it's very apparent that this was built by the humans, uh, of Earth. And yeah, they go in there, which is also s g 7s barracks, and they find the bodies of s g seven all with the same uh plague sores on them, so that's bad. everyone's dead, and that's it for the cold open uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh when we get back from the opening, uh Fraser is on this planet now, and they've installed a little like uh quarantine uh setup uh, at the entrance to the observatory like there's there's these hazmat doors and uh chemical shower or like steam steam thing that people go through when they enter this place uh it's the kind of stuff you'd see when you know uh <laughs> outbreak movies or stuff like that And also hospitals whenever there's a flu outbreak or something they put it they put a tent but this is like fancier cuz it's glass uh Glass doors with like the, these seem to be automatic opening doors, which is wow, that's some construction. You sent people over there to weld <laughs> these doors onto the entrance of this thing instead of putting a plastic tent on it. Um, that's some uh, rapid deployment there. Um, they just yes. have it hanging
0: around. The base is huge, you know, they've got a lot <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they probably have.
1: Yeah, they probably had that on that planet, I guess, just in case we need to to uh, contain a deadly outbreak of uh, of some kind of plague. Uh, we have finally, those doors.
0: They're finally getting their their uh, containment protocols, uh, yeah, into place.
1: <laughs> yeah, finally, it's not. Well, I mean, we're gonna see them like have measures on Earth also at the entrance of the Stargate in a, in a way that's kind of cool and clever in a second. But uh, yeah, they're doing something to to actually prevent uh, the countless instances in past episodes of them bringing something back through the Stargate which is like the genius of this episode is despite all that uh the, there's a ghoul that's one step ahead of them and like thought about all that and actually managed to sneak something in there uh, without their knowledge um <laughs> um so, yeah, Fraser is there and she's talking to them, and she says, Okay, uh, we need, like, uh, they talk about Lug. It seems like, uh, ev- everyone here seems to have caught it. They said they, they count uh, about a thousand people that are dead from this plague, which, uh, I guess everyone on that planet is a thousand people, but it's like, it's a sci fi planet, so of course, it's just basically the equivalent of a small town. Um, and uh, yeah, so Fraser says, uh, she mentions that O'Neill touched that body, and he says, yeah, but I did wash my hands right away. And, and she's like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm a doctor, that's not enough, you're going to come with me, and we're going to test you before everyone else. Um, and as they're about to do that, uh, Daniel sneezes, and there's, there's a little bit where everyone kind of stares at him, and O'Neill says, oh, no, wait, you have allergies, so it's fine, ha, 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 uh, which is very, you know. As, as we've all lived through two years of pandemic, we all know the, the, the situation where someone coughs in their elbow or something and everyone stares at them. Uh, I'm sure that's, 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 a, that's a very familiar feeling now, by now, to everyone on Earth. Um, which is, you know, fun. Uh, the people on this show are at least treating this this outbreak more seriously than people in real life did. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, they go out and with a bunch of body tags, uh, like these little red tags, and they, they want to go out and tag all the bodies to inventory all the dead people, which is, you know, a fun job to be doing. Yay, fun adventure space show! They went to this planet to look at a black hole, and now they're tagging dead bodies. Uh, the 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 fun part is also that the three human members of SG One are wearing hazmat suits, but Teal isn't because, as we know, he's a Jafar, so he can't catch it. Uh, kind it, of taking it yeah, on faith okay. at this point they They don't know this for sure yet, but uh they are right at least um <clears throat> so you know they go out uh start tagging bodies, and one of the bodies they tag uh you see a little hand poke out from uh, the brush to pick up the tag for off of this body um which they don't notice at first uh. But then they yeah they start looking around and Carter sees movement in the brush and she's like oh there's someone there she starts talking
2: to uh whoever's moving there
1: are uh, we sure we-
2: that's not Andy Richter is the body <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait well, I mean, extras aren't tag on Amazon Prime, and it's like, especially not extras that play dead bodies. Uh, it does look a little bit like him, now, now that you mention it. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can't know for sure. I just don't know why he would be playing a dead body on an episode of Stargate for just a second of screen time. Um, <laughs> I'll write for him funsies. a letter to find out.
2: You know? <clears throat> you know. <laughs> yeah, look for um, a big, geeky, uh, red-headed corpse in the background. <laughs>
1: yeah um well yeah uh so they go okay uh they 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 just kind of barely peek uh into the that that tall grass and like, you can sort of tell that it's a child in there. Uh So O'Neill asks Teal could, to go check it out as the only non-hazmated peak person there. Uh To me, maybe he looks less scary, which, you know, considering that's Teal, and we don't have that gone in the past, Uh that's that's a big ask. But Teal, to his credit, actually manages to put a soft face on and not, and not look scary as he approaches this little girl. Uh We're going to learn later in the episode is named Cassandra. Um... And she's the actual singularity that's important for the, for the plot of this episode, because she's the only survivor, uh, from this planet, and the, the entire episode is about her, and not the black hole that they came to see. So, there you go. Uh, not, I mean, it's, it's a clever wordplay. It's just that there's literally an episode about a black hole in season two, and they wasted the title singularity on this one, I guess. Um, uh, so yeah uh so they 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 brought uh the little girl back to the observatory and uh Fraser is looking at her um <laughs> and Car- and uh Sam is uh next to her and she's wearing uh, like a whole surgical mask and scrubs uh she asks Fraser if it's okay to take off her mask and Fraser says ah, i guess yeah it's fine i guess uh <laughs> uh no yeah i mean okay Fraser does give like a a justification because uh she says that as far as she can tell it's a bacterial infection uh much like you know the bubonic plague was so uh that's not airborne i guess so i guess maybe the masks are not actually necessary for this uh anyway that's that's what we get uh so yeah, uh, Carter takes off her mask and uh, looks at her and smiles at her to give her a friendly face. And this little girl, clear, clearly traumatized, doesn't say a single thing for the first half of this episode. Uh, it's, it's really kind of sad. Uh, as a father myself, I have a son who thank God has not never been in a situation where he, everyone he knows has died. Uh, but whenever he's shy or upset or whatever, he clamps down in the same way as she does. And it like, it, it really hit home to me like, Oh no, this is what's going on here. Uh, it's really sad. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um like, so <clears throat> as Carter is talking to her, uh, Cassandra take, takes, takes the little tag she has and she puts it on herself, like on, on her, uh, shirt collar, uh, because And like Sam says, oh, no, 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 you're not going to die, it's fine, you, you, you don't worry about it, and like, oh, no, it's sad. Um, and she just tells her to lay down and try to get some rest a little bit. Uh, she tries to take the tag away from her, but she's, like, holding on tight to it. So, yeah. Uh, Carter goes over to talk to Fraser, and they talk a little bit about this disease. Uh, and, and like Fraser says, this bacteria is everywhere on this planet, so there's no way anyone who lived here could have dodged it, possibly. But fortunately, uh, everyone who got there after, including all of SG1 and herself, are fine and didn't catch it. So that, I guess that was, uh, fast acting and then fast withdrawing bacteria, because, uh, it's not, it's, it's apparently not much of a risk anymore, but it's still enough of a risk that they should wear hazmat suits whenever they're outside of this building. Um, uh, so they talk a little bit about how, uh, yeah, uh, how come this little girl didn't die from this plague? And Fisher says, "Well, the first thing I did was to give her an ultrasound to make sure she's not a ghoul." Which is, you know, uh, <laughs> it's episode fourteen. Good, good, uh, good instincts. They're they've learned from th- those mistakes. Uh, but she's not, so there's that. Uh, is this the place where they talk about Nekudah? No, it's not. Um, like, Frasier basically just says, yeah, well, sometimes people are just immune to things, and I guess she got lucky. Um, but she does. She also says she doesn't have the bacteria in her or anything, so it should be fine to, to get her back to Earth. Um, uh, so, yeah, they say, okay, well, we're going to go back to Earth with her, I guess. Uh, but then Carter says, wait, we should leave people here, because there's that black hole, remember, we came to to observe. Uh, we don't have one of those on Earth, and there's the eclipse is coming, and I guess if we don't watch it today, we're gonna have to wait months for uh, the season where the black hole is visible on the night side of this planet, which, you know, um, that, that would suck. But uh, she's like, you know, uh, if we're here, it, we're probably safe now. No- nothing else bad could happen on this planet now that we've dealt with the plague thing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Carter as an astrophysicist is obviously very interested in uh in this black hole thing. Uh but uh I mean, it's it's kind of a shame considering we're not going to see it as I mentioned. Um but as after she says that, uh, Cassandra gets up and comes up behind her and starts holding her arm. Um so, yeah, O'Neill says, "I guess you need to go back to Earth with her considering she's like glued to you at this moment." Um, so yeah, so Tealc volunteers to stay behind since he's immune to this thing, so uh, he's obviously the most natural candidate to do it, and O'Neill also says he's gonna stay there, because why not Um, so they put also Cassandra in this hazmat suit now, and they take her over to the Stargate Uh, and like Sam is being very uh doting over her and, and it's kind of cute because she keeps like kneeling down and talking to her it's like oh don't be afraid of the stargate you'll see it's actually fun when you go through it uh it's a blast you're gonna have fun all right let's go gonna come with me <laughs> um reminder that like cassandra has not said a, a single word so far um <laughs> yeah so we see the other side of the stargate on earth and they've installed a little like rigging like over the ramp right in front of the stargate which you know, once again, it has not been established yet that the vortex disintegrates anything that's in front of it, but uh, that that you know it would destroy this thing. But whatever, just 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 go with it, I guess. Uh, so yeah, they, there's like uh uh like a thing over the opening of the Stargate that shoots steam at people coming through that uh, should. Uh, yeah so uh, they can do
2: their wrestling entrances
1: <laughs> yeah just just need some laser and some pumping you know uh, god, well, it's
2: O'Neill
1: oh my god
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and there's also these hazmat doors uh, at the entrance to the gate room for like a second level of the contamination as they come come out of it Uh good good like measures good good uh, hazmat measures all all around for the SGC people like gold medal there Um uh, but yeah, uh, so, uh, they, they show Cassandra into the base, uh, the, Sam takes her to a, to a room that's gonna be her room, uh, this is, seems to be a lot for her to take in, Um uh, and, like, S- S- Carter does say, yeah, I know, it, it looks a little bare, but we'll decorate this place, don't worry about it, which is, you know, we're gonna see later, they actually do, so it, it's, it's kinda cute, um, then, yeah, uh, then Sam is like, "All right, uh come over here, sit down on your bed and uh she's I, I yeah, she's she's like, "Yeah, okay. I have to go now, but uh just sit here <laughs> and we'll take care of you." <laughs> this little girl. Okay, so by the way, she looks 6. I, I I looked it up. Uh the the girl who played her was 12 at the time. So, uh she looks way younger than 12 years old if you're if you're asking me. I ge- I guess kids look younger on TV uh or She
0: doesn't look I wouldn't say she looks six. Uh, maybe
1: a little bit older. She doesn't look I'd, over ten. I would say. I'd,
0: uh, yeah, like I'd put her at an at at like nine years
1: old. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, um, she she looks too young to be like left alone in a room on a different planet with without anyone to talk to her. <laughs> Which you know that's why this scene seems a little bit like yo uh, Carter. Was your plan to just leave her alone there? You should at least have someone else in there with her. Um, considering at least she's traumatized. Wait until they- at yeah. least
2: wait until they create tablets.
1: <laughs> Give her some Roblox to play with, come on. Um, so, yeah, as she's about to go, uh, Cassandra actually grabs her shirt and is like, no, 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 don't leave. Um, and she tries to to, to to say, no, I actually have to go because of black hole stuff, I guess. Uh, she doesn't say that, but I guess that, that's the implication. And she points at the camera and explains that with this camera, I'm gonna be looking at you the whole time. Don't worry about it. And like Sandra just <laughs> stares at her and that that's enough to convince her to stay. Um she sits down next to her and uh they, they kinda like just sit next to each other for a little bit. Um So that's it for uh this scene. Um yeah, so, okay, now, now we have a, a, briefing room scene where Fraser is talking to General Hammond, uh, and she's saying, uh, so, uh, it's, uh, good news, bad news time, I guess. Uh, hang on, is, is that, yeah, I don't think, it, like, this is an actual good news, bad news thing later. Um, but uh Fraser says yeah i think it's possible that we did this and uh yeah she says the, the actual death toll is uh 1432 which ouch uh Fraser says yeah it's possible one of us brought like you know e coli or whatever with them over to this planet and it mutated and like attacked the people there who are not immune to it and whoops we accidentally created a plague we we did the you know the smallpox blanket thing maybe. Uh that's not actually the case, but that's what Fraser thinks right now, so they all feel pretty bad about it. Um uh, yeah, they say is there anything else to this? Yeah, they, they wonder how come once again Cassandra is immune and they say like Daniel says nope, we still we have no clue. Um and yeah, we cut back to Cassandra's room and it's like, like I said earlier, it's been decorated now. There's a bunch of posters on the walls, pictures of pandas. Uh, there's a bunch of plushies. There's a nice, like, elephant hand puppet, uh, which, which is just making me think now Cassandra has probably never seen a panda or an, or an elephant. So, (laughs) but I mean, they're, I guess, I guess they're cute, even though she can't identify those animals. It's just funny. Uh, and she's doing some paintings, uh, and there's hot dogs on the table. And Carter is trying to explain hot dogs to Cassandra. Uh, Cassandra is just eating a bear wiener with nothing on it. (laughs) <laughs> and Sam is like, no, 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 check it out. Uh, she takes a, a whole hot dog with the bun, puts like, no, look what we do with it. And she puts a little bit of mustard in it, like, to the point where we get a close-up of the hot dog, and it's invisible. And, like, the bun looks uncooked. <laughs> this is, like, the least appetizing hot dog I've ever seen, honestly.
2: <laughs> hey, don't judge how I eat hot dogs. <laughs> I, Except I, I wouldn't have put mustard on it. Yeah. Just plain is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. You don't have time to, to you don't have time to toast a bun all the time. You know. Yeah,
1: I, I usually stick mine mm. in the oven. I'm a fancy hot dog eater like that. Uh, no. Nah, <laughs> nah. Do you do you eat yours? So do
0: you always uh, grill them? Do you always grill your hot dogs? Uh, no, I, I usually, I, I usually boil. boil. Yeah, yeah. You, bo- you boil. Them? I boil okay. the wieners and sure.
1: yeah, stick the the just, buns in the oven. Checking. Yeah, uh, that's I guess that's that's the Canadian way. I know a bunch of people who fry yep. their bread like they put. <laughs> Butter on it and put that on the on the stove. Uh, that seems like too much work to me, though, for a hot dog. Uh, even though you know it is better than the oven. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam takes an unconvincing bite of this hot dog and doesn't seem to be enjoying it that much. Uh, but like, Sandra just stares at her and Kate takes another bite of her uh, of her wiener. Um, so yeah, I mean, the
2: protein's <laughs> the most important part. So, yeah, you know, yeah. if the I mean, kids eating the hot dog instead of just the bun yeah. and dipping the bun in ketchup, I'm yeah. happy.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's 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 a fight. Uh, if you have young kids, uh, if you don't know about young kids and trying to eat, like first of all, you know, when you're when you're giving a hot dog to a young kid, it's because you're too tired to do anything else. Uh, so th- not like it matters that much, really. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, e- eating the, the protein is, uh, is, is good. It's, it's not just the calories from the bread at this point. Um, so yeah, uh, Carter looks at the painting that, uh, Cassandra is, is, uh, painting, uh, and it's the, the saddest thing in the world, of course, cause it's like a hundred <laughs> corpses on the ground and her standing up and crying with little teardrops falling to the ground. And there seems to be five suns in the sky in there, which, uh, I, I'll, I'll I, I'll put that to artis- artistic license because if there's a solar eclipse on this planet right now, no way there's five suns in the sky. That wouldn't work, um, <coughs> unless there's also five moons and it's a perfect once in a millenni- uh in a million years, uh, you know, alignment. Um,
2: or those are Goa'uld ships. Oh, that's a
1: good point. It could be foreshadowing for this. I I didn't even like think about that. That could be. Uh, that that's really clever if that's the intent of this uh but no one mentions it or picks up on it but uh that's nice uh carter like uh paints a little like stick figure next to her to be like no look you're not alone i'm here with you uh, It's really cute um yeah and she likes tells her that's me don't worry about it um <laughs> we cut back over to Hanka where O'Neill and Tilk are bored out of, the, out of their gourds in that observatory and like, uh, Teal'c is sitting on a on a, a little like office chair, and O'Neill is sitting on that little uh, the little stairs that lead up to the telescope. And <laughs> O'Neill says, "This is fun," and and Teal'c spins a one eighty degrees on his chair. And I really wish he would just spin further and like just do a whole uh, rotation because uh, to to signify that he's bored and that he's just anyway. That's 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 still Teal'c is still too uptight to pull a, a gag like this, I guess, but down the line i would say like yeah in season four or so tilk would absolutely do that uh i I think there's like a whole
2: dr evil bit
1: (laughs) 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 yeah i i I believe there's there's actually in season four or five uh like a scene of a bored tilk on a chair who spins around that that actually happens at some point um so uh yeah uh tilk asks O'Neill to explain what a black hole is. <laughs> and O'Neill is, despite the telescope on his roof, maybe the least qualified person to explain that to him. Uh, he just says, it's, it's a, you know, a hole in space that swallows everything. Uh, <laughs> that, that's it. That, that, that's as far as his, as his explanation goes. He doesn't go into how it's a dead star or anything, or the gravity or the time distortion or the light that can't escape it. He just says, you know... A hole. Everything goes in there. Um,
0: yeah. So the bit, the bit earlier about him being like, "Oh, it's called the accretion <laughs> disk." That's just him like looking it up five minutes before yeah, he they just depart. picked up a dictionary so it's he like, can get us yeah. It. Black so that hole. he can get a so that he can get a little
1: a little j- a jab in yeah it's so like uh, i have to show that my telescope is not for nothing yeah <laughs> yeah um, so it shows his true colors in that one uh, but like teal seems to appreciate that explanation because he goes thank you
2: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he at least knows that it's a hole in space now um so, back with Sam and Cassandra. Cassandra is now sleeping uh, on, Sam, on Carter's lap. Um, and uh, Daniel walks in quietly and like gestures at her that she has a phone call and I guess she needs to go get it. Um, but like as she's... You know, we've, we've all been there. I, I mean, the, the two dads among us have been there where a kid is sleeping on you and you try to quietly slip out from under them and it doesn't work. She wakes up. Um, but uh, yeah. I heard so, people do that with
0: their cats too. I
1: never did that with my.
0: Cats. Oh yeah, uh, cats. No. partners. Yeah. No, I gotta, I gotta get up. Yeah.
1: You gotta get yeah, up. Yeah, fuck too. you, cat. You, cats, cats <laughs> don't care. Like they sleep all day anyway. They can just like lay back down and sleep whatever. Um.
0: <laughs> um, also, that's that's what you that's what you get for constantly putting your butthole in my face. Uh,
1: yeah, fuck you, cat. Uh, I was having a cat. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Cassandra just stares at her once again. And, uh, Sam says, okay, I have to go for a little while, but don't worry. I'll I'll be back soon. And Daniel's here while I'm gone. Don't worry about it. And once again, Cassandra's like, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, this is where, where she first talks because she holds, uh, Sam's hand as she's about to leave and says, please don't go. And, uh, yeah, that's the first time she's talked now. Um, yeah. And she, she tells her her name is Cassandra. And like, yeah, uh, this is also when she, she like points at her chest and says, uh, it's hers right here. Um, so they go and see Fraser together. And I guess, uh, Carter can, <laughs> can go get her phone call. I hope that wasn't too important. Um, right. It might, it might have been her dad or something, but it's too early for, for her dad to have the news that he tells her in season two anyway. Um, um, yeah, so they go see Frasier, and they, they, the Fraser says, Well, I, she, she's, uh, like, used her stethoscope on her and says, Nope, nothing to worry about. Uh, you, you, you sound fine, actually. Your lungs sound fine. Um, and they, Carter sa- tries to say, Oh, she, she described it as like a stabbing pain in her chest. So that's, you know, that's not good. That's not a good sign, usually, you know, when you're describing heart attack symptoms or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- so they, 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 they get up and, and they go look at her file, I guess, on the computer. And um, uh, and Fisher says uh, there's, like, uh, she has a big potassium deficiency, so that might be it. Uh, okay, yeah, she says that uh, one one side effect or uh, co- one, one symptom or of uh, low low potassium is arrhythmia so that could uh, manifest as heart pain uh, and they they restate once again that it's not the plague that she has because it's not uh there's not symptoms consistent with uh a bacterial infection uh so I'm like okay uh, we need to figure out this potassium uh problem now um but yeah, so they go get Cassandra and start wa- walking away with her, and she doubles over in pain as they're walking away, and go, oh no, wait, this is bad, actually. So uh, <laughs> Sam picks her up and puts her down on the table, and uh, she's actually like going into cardiac arrest now, so they start doing CPR on her, and uh, it, sh- it sure has gone bad in a, in a hurry there, Um do they? Do they actually? Yeah. Okay. So they use the defibrillator at this uh, on her at this point, which is significant for what we're gonna learn later. Um, and then Fraser takes her her stethoscope to listen to her heart, and she hears a weird mechanical sound uh, fr- coming from her chest. Uh, so that's that's another thing now. Uh, like she she makes Carter listen to it. Uh, we hear it. It's like a. Yeah, I don't know what a pacemaker sounds like. It's what I imagine a pacemaker sounds like. Uh I don't think a pacemaker makes any sound. Uh, doesn't it? I don't know. Uh <laughs> it's just electrical. It's just a battery. Okay. I-, I thought the pacemaker was like a mechanical pump or something that that like no, helps your heart. No. Um all right. So, c- color me corrected. Pacemakers don't make sounds. Uh this thing does. Um uh, and they put up a, a, a new chest x-ray up on the, uh, on the x-ray thing. And there's clearly a kind of weird thing on there in her, in her chest. And Fisher says, you know, that wasn't there 10 hours ago when I guess they did the x-rays the first time. Um, But yeah, uh, they cut real fast to Cassandra uh, on the operating table uh, to get to cut that thing out of her. Uh, It's it's real really boom boom boom. All right, uh, now we have to operate on her. Uh, They brought Doctor Warner back for this scene. uh, The guy who tried to cut the gold out of Kowalski in like the second episode. Uh, He's here now. Um, He's a specialist. Yeah yeah yeah. He's he's their like head surgeon. When when they when they need to do a big complicated surgery, he's the guy. so yeah, they're looking at it. They, there's, there's like, uh, once again, uh, some like, uh, micro. Uh, micro camera thing, like uh, shots from inside her heart, and we we kind of barely see this thing in there on the video. It looks like a, a little, like rough metal ball. It looks nasty. It looks a little bit like a Bakugan now that I think about it. Uh. <laughs> 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 but uh, I only recently found out about those. Uh-huh. Well, my uh, my
0: my apprentice's kid uh-huh. uh, put a couple of them in his in his tool bag. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and, They're uh, pretty cool. My, my I, kid loves them. I've he fiddled around he has with, with one, one a little, little bit. bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't know, Bakugan is uh, one of the many Pokemon clones that started following the Pokemon uh, initial craze. Uh, it's still going around today, and the, basically the... The gimmick of Bakugan is that the, the balls are also the monsters and the toys are these little plastic balls and you, you they're half magnets in them and if you throw them onto anything that's metal or the cards that come with it that have a little bit of like foil in them. Uh, they, they like kind of deploy open and turn into creatures and like, in theory, you, you buy the balls and you don't know what's in there and you open it after that. So it, it's kind of like the, you know, the booster pack model of things. Uh, and there's like a game that comes with it with the balls and whatever. I don't know the details of the games, but the the toys are cool. And my, my son has a few of them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, looks a little bit like that. Um so yeah they look at it uh Warner says uh he's gonna try to get a biopsy which is uh doctor words for uh scrape some samples off of this thing uh which is what he does um and then like when he starts doing that uh Cassandra goes into cardiac arrest so uh they need to like prepare to revive her immediately which they do that they bring that tray over and prepare the the you know the paddles and then just as they're about to shock her her heart starts again uh (laughs) which is, you know, reassuring, but also, uh, okay, I'm not a cardiologist, but it seems that a heart that has just stopped wouldn't just start by itself again, as if nothing just happened. Um, but it does. So, yeah, there... So, Fraser has a little, like, walk and talk with Hammond right after that, and she says, well, we don't know what this thing is, but uh, it can just stop and start her heart whenever it feels like it, so uh, it's gonna kill her if we try to remove it, so that's bad. And, um... And like Hamlet just says, "All right, keep me, keep me, keep me appraised," and he just walks off. And like the way that she looks at him, she's like, "Wait, I still had like three quarters of my report t- to give him, and he just walked off." Because uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna see in a, in a minute that they also uh, those samples that he uh, that 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 the doctor scraped off of this thing. They're gonna do some tests with them to figure out what it is. Um, but yeah, we're back in Cassandra's room. Uh, and she's uh, yeah. She 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 wakes up uh, and she talks to Sam again, and she says, uh, "I miss my mom." Uh, she says she was dreaming about her, and like it's it's sad. And she says, "I'm tired." So yeah she should just go back to sleep, and Carter tries to be reassuring, and lies to her by <laughs> and says, don't worry, everything's gonna be fine, and when you get better, we're gonna go around and run this planet, and oh god, it's sad. Because um, we don't know that at this point, uh, and it's gonna get even more sad right before the end of this episode. Um, so yeah, Carter, I, I guess Cassandra goes back to sleep, because Carter walks out of there, and Daniel is sitting on a chair reading a book, right outside of that room. Uh... And yeah, Carter says, Yeah, she's sleeping and she's fine. And Daniel like offers to, to watch Cassandra for a little bit. Uh if, you know, if Carter wants to, to take some rest. And Carter's like, no, I can, yeah, thanks, but uh I'm okay. Uh <laughs> so you know, you get the feeling that Carter is maybe getting uh, very uh you know, more more attached to Cassandra, that uh, that professional uh I don't know, whatever. Uh, that then then she is like she should be, or that Daniel is trying to, like, uh, get her to not become too attached to this little girl that might die, but, uh, no, Carter is, like, in for a penny, and for a pound with this girl. Um... So, we're back on Hanka and, uh, yeah, we see that the observatory, like, the roof opens up, which, uh, uh... I wanted to look it up if this thing was shot in an actual observatory because if that roof opens up and they have a big telescope, that seems like a lot of things for that to be in an episode of this kind of low-budget TV show. I want to see... No, it doesn't say. All right. Oh, wait. Uh... The scenes at Storage Facility 68 were shot at Grandview Substation. I don't know what that means. Uh, it, <laughs> it looks like a real telescope, and the roof does open up, so that makes me think that it's a real observatory. Uh, anyway. Well, for, um, at, at Grandview Substation? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, wh- so so is
2: Power-related.
0: Well, a substation is a, is a um, electrical high-voltage power. Oh, uh, All right. relay. Okay. Uh, uh thing. Um Grandview Substation. Alright. Let's do a little is in British Columbia. Yeah, it would be.
1: Alright, let's let's see. What is this place, <laughs> looking, at, is this place? looking at what is this space. Okay, at so it does it. look like an electrical substation. Uh it looks like an old power plant. It is old, yeah. yeah. Oh, it says, it says on the page of this place that it's a popular filming location for movies and TV shows. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, guess, I guess they, they brought in like, uh, an, a, a telescope prop and like, uh, you know, oh, wait, no, that's not this place. That's the place from later in the episode uh, where they bring Cassandra at the end. Uh, oh. The scenes on Hanko shot at Brunswick Point Farm. Also, I, I have no idea if this observatory is a real one. Uh, it looks, it looks good anyway. It looks like a real telescope. So if it's if it's a fake, it's a well made fake. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, it's the eclipse, and uh, O'Neill goes to look right at it with the big telescope that amplifies the light. Uh, and like we see on the computer monitor that the that the telescope is pointed straight at the eclipse and not at the black hole that they actually want to look at so oops uh, <laughs> I guess it's cheaper to, to play footage of an eclipse on a computer monitor than it is <laughs> to uh, make up CG of a black hole it is disappointing though and also I worry about O'Neill's eyes that he's staring straight at a, sol- at a solar eclipse that way um, but there you go um, so, we are back on Earth, looking at the x-rays again, and they say that there's, there's some organic tissue between the two halves of this little sphere in Cassandra's uh, chest that is decaying at a regular pace, which is always a good sign when something is doing that in, in sci-fi. Uh, it's, it's always... Uh, you, you, n- nothing bad ever happens when that countdown reaches zero, right? Um yeah, uh, and they say one of the sides is made of a combination of iron and, potas- and potassium, and they mentioned that potassium is volatile, and the other side is Naquida. Um, which, by the way, they they first uh, say the word Naquida in this episode, so uh, before it was just the Stargate element, and now it's Naquida. Um, uh, yeah, so, so they're saying that... They mentioned earlier that she had Naquida in her blood, and they say, oh, wait, this thing is... Is, is building itself out of that naqueta in her blood and of her natural, you know, body minerals uh, for the iron and potassium, which is why she had the potassium deficiency and why she was passing out and everything. Uh, and presumably anemia, if also iron. Um, so, yeah, they, they say, yeah, potassium is uh, very volatile if, if you don't know, uh, if, you, if you've never... Uh, was it potassium... Or no, it was magnesium that we did in school. With the, you set fire to it, and it does a really bright flash. Uh, potassium, basically, if it enters in contact with, uh, I don't remember if it's just water or also oxygen, it can explode. Basically, um, if it's not, you know, in a stable alloy, if it's pure, um, which you know, don't worry about the one in your body. It's 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 different. It's not pure <laughs> potassium you have going around your body. You're not going to explode everyone. Yeah. Um, so uh yeah they say they that they have uh yeah so they they say basically uh presumably if Nakoda uh touches uh, an, an iron potassium alloy who knows what could happen but we know that Nakoda has uh has properties that amplify explosions as we learned from the movie with uh, Ra threatening to do this thing with uh, the nuke so that's probably bad um but they they've set up like a, a deep bunker under this uh, under the SGC somewhere at a deep sub level that's also being unused, which just makes me wonder how many goddamn floors that this place have. That there's there's you know all of NORAD and then all of the SGC and then a bunch of floors that are not used for anything. Um, we did a lot of stuff during the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, okay, I that, that,
0: that, that, right? that was the. I don't want to be ju- I don't want to be judged uh-huh. uh, uh, for for what. My uh, grandparents' taxes did. All right. <laughs> all
1: right. Yeah. So these were the like the KGB agent torture we had commies floors to stop. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, they they've set up like two robot arms down there uh, in a concrete bunker that's several levels under them, and it, like each arm is holding a tiny little bit of each half of the sphere, and they just like uh, they have a camera pointed it pointed at it that they can look at it, and they like control the two arms to like kiss in the middle of it and what happens then boom big flash and like uh it doesn't like it, it destroys the camera <laughs> that they're using to look at it basically and fraser says oh wait there's a bunch of bad radiation that are coming off of there and, and then goes wait are we safe now and they so they say yeah it's it's down there under a bunch of concrete so we're safe here uh don't know that they're ever going to be able to reuse this room though um but, uh, yeah, they say the, the that was basically a grain of sand from each half that did this, and if like it's two halves of a little sphere meet in the middle, that's a big boom big bada boom um so yeah, that's a problem now, and uh, they they know that the you know the organic uh, part in the middle is decaying, which tells you that uh, it's gonna happen it's a time bomb that's in this little girl, basically
0: is this this isn't this isn't the first time that we've Figure out that Nakuda is super reactive. No, it's right? not. I mean, we do in the movie, yeah. like, but uh, that's on. But that's like that's not something that the SGC has done. Physically. No, it's
1: something that Ross like, said, and I don't think. Besides, how Nakuda is. Uh, yeah, used for the Stargate and all the Stargate related tech and like it's in the staff weapons or whatever I don't think it's like it's been defined quite exactly but this is you know th- this is them doing an actual experiment to show that yeah this thing will cause big explosions if, if it's used in certain ways I guess uh, yeah and like just a, in a regular mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, in, a, in a small scale yeah. Like this is how this is how powerful this yeah, stuff exactly. is, I
1: think is. Basically. Uh powerful enough to uh blow uh Cheyenne Mountain clear <laughs> like turn it into a crater, basically. Um so that's bad. Um So yeah, we're back on, on Hanka at the observatory, and uh we c- we can see on the monitor that uh, there's a little dot next to the eclipsed sun that seems to be shining uh like a lot brighter than a star would be, I guess, because uh, we don't see any other stars around there. So they go, wait, what is this? Uh, let's let's zoom on it, because, uh, like, wondering what this is. Uh, Teal says it's probably just a star, but, like, they zoom on it, and they go, like, as when they zoom on it, you don't see anything. It's too bright. They go, wait, no. Uh, a star wouldn't do that. A star is really far away. Uh, you wouldn't be like right up to it. So uh, zoom out a little bit and then adjust the focus, and we see that it's a big honking old gold ship right there. Uh, <laughs> that, that yeah, the first one we've seen in the, in the series. It's it's a different class from the ones we saw. It's a different kind of ship from the ones we saw in the movie. So, but these these are going to be the ones that <laughs> that we see a bunch of in the series. Um, with, like, the kind of round base and the pyramid on top of it uh, that goes through this base or whatever. Um, And Tilk says, uh, yeah, that's a ghoul attack ship, so uh, that's bad. Um, So, uh, yeah, we we get back to Earth and figure out that, like, we see that the other side, like, the A-plot has figured out this thing basically on their own side uh, because they're briefing Hammond and telling him, well, it's some kind of setup because uh, clearly this thing was built on purpose to blow up. Uh, uh, so whoever wanted to do this put this thing in Cassandra and like made the made the humans think that it was their fault that there was a plague on this planet. And that in their guilt or whatever they w- they would bring Cassandra back and this thing would like build itself inside her body and then blow them up. So that was all like a a cunning ploy to get rid of the humans uh which is what yeah daniel explains and carter also uh and fraser says yeah i think when the first time her heart stopped and we used the paddles on her we gave it a jolt that actually activated the thing so (laughs) we 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 like we gave this thing everything it needed to build itself and destroy us basically um and, like, uh, Hammond asks uh, how, mu- how long they have, and, like, uh, Fraser says they have, like, an hour and 52 minutes, I think. And, and yeah, they, she says that uh, they, they, like, it's the, 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 s- the cellular mem- membrane in the middle of this thing is decaying at a regular rate. Uh, so, like, it's really easy for them to, like, chart out uh, the rate of decay and figure out how much time they have left, which is not much. Um. So uh do they come up with a plan at this point? Uh yeah no they they still think about it. So uh the next scene is Cassandra once again sleeping in her bed uh and Carter is just standing up looking at her uh with uh you know an angry sad look on her face. Uh <laughs> and uh up blub- And, like, Daniel walks in behind her, and uh, she says, yeah, she angry, is really angry, because, uh, sorry, Carter is really angry. Um, yeah, she's become very attached to, to Cassandra, and now, like, uh, She's gonna blow up and kill them, so that that sucks. Uh, she's a great, like, and, and like Carter says, uh, I know I'm not supposed to be attached like this, but God damn it, I am. And like Daniel says, wait, no, who said you're not supposed to be attached to this little girl? And Carter says, ah, uh, yeah, that's right, you're not a soldier, are you? Which you know, fair enough. Um. Uh, so yeah, back back on the planet, uh, they they look at the ship, and Teal can t- can tell apparently from. Just looking at it, that it's T's ship. Uh, I guess there's some kind of markings on it that, that identifies it. Uh, T is a ghoul that, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to see actually show up on this show in, I believe, Season 3. Uh, and moving forward, um, she's a, a recurring villain. Um, so yeah, uh we're back on Earth. Uh and yeah, Hammond has just put down the, the, the red phone indicating that he just uh called the president. Um and, like, he, uh, he says, yeah, so, uh, like, Carter says, yeah, no, it's not an easy decision. And Hammond says, no, it's a real easy decision, but it sucks. And, like, living with the consequences is what's hard, because uh, we don't have any way to take it out of her. Uh, we don't have any way to save her, so the only thing we can do is save ourselves and take her back through the Stargate to her planet and let her blow up there, where at least she's not going to kill anyone else. Uh yeah. That's That sucks. Of course, you know, that's not how this episode is going to end because uh, that would be way too uh, dour and depressing, but um, yeah. Helen says like uh, take SG4 with you uh, and bring uh, O'Neill and Teal'c back, which you know, he mentioned SG4, but I don't think we actually see them um, cause like that, that's, that plan's gonna change. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention, like earlier on the, on the telescope view, uh, we saw little dots fly off from the gold ship. So, uh, they figure out that they've got gliders coming their way. And Tilk says, we need to go immediately. And now we, we're back on Hanka and they're running in the fields towards the Stargate with two gliders shooting at them. And O'Neill has put his full hazmat suit back on, which I just think is really funny that it's like, okay, we need to really hurry and get out of here. And, uh, you know, he, he went, okay, let's just, <laughs> let me just put this bulky, big hazmat suit back on, then we can run out, which, you know, it is necessary, because there is a plague on this planet, but, uh, it really puts a a hamper on you, t- on you trying to skedaddle out of there, um, but yeah, they are running, and the, these gliders are shooting straight at them, and miss them by just a couple feet each time, and it, they they come really close to blowing up. There, uh, they end up diving in the in the uh, on the side of the road to hide from these gliders, uh, and T- gives uh sorry Tilk gives us some some exposition here. Uh, And also, like, he misgenders Nirty. He says he once sent an emissary of peace, but you know, a couple things. It's it's obviously an accidental one. Uh, Like, you can... uh, Because... you know, the writers hadn't yet decided that Nirti would be a woman, but also, you know, you can justify it that Tilk probably just never has never seen Nirti, So he doesn't know that she's a woman or maybe like your was, was uh, in a male host in the, at some point in the past. And, uh, that's, that's what Tilk was thinking of, but you know, it's just funny that, uh, they just, uh, changed, changed their minds about this later on. Um, So, yeah, the exposition Tilk gives here uh, is that uh, at one point, Nearty sent an emissary of peace uh, over to Apophis to negotiate a treaty, Uh, but, whoops, it was a trick, and what actually happened was uh, the emissary blew up as soon as it got near the gate, and (laughs) uh, and they, they put two and two together and go, oh, shit, wait. Actually, it's weird that they think that, because... You know, they haven't seen the other side of this plot where they find this bomb in the girl. So O'Neill really makes a lot of leaps of logic and turns out to be right there. Um, uh, but yeah, as the only survivor of this planet, it would make sense that it would be the same plot if if, if that's the only thing Nearty ever does, I guess, which I should point out is not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, so they run, like, back on Earth. Uh, they, they've put their own hazmat suits on and are uh, dialing the gate back to, uh, you know, toss Cassandra through it uh, and also go and get, you know, O'Neill and Teal'c. Uh, but as they're dialing the gate, Cassandra once again passes out uh, and, you know, Carter, uh, like, uh, is holding her and she takes off her, her own hazmat helmet, uh, to, to look at her, uh, which, you know, you would think maybe she would keep that on because it looks like it takes a while and it's, it's a whole process to put it on, uh, cause she doesn't know at this point that they're gonna have to abort the whole thing, but they, they do fortunately. So it's not, uh, it's not a factor. Uh, also I don't really know why they put a hazmat suit on Cassandra considering they first of all they they're pretty sure she's immune and they think she's gonna blow up on the other side of this thing. Uh I guess uh <laughs> I guess it's kinda cold when you look at it that way. Maybe just so that she wouldn't suspect uh that anything was off. But anyway it doesn't matter because um cause teal can only have uh, are, have finished dialing the Stargate and they manage to run and ju- jump through it at the last moment as they're uh, being fired upon and they just come flying through it like a bunch of dust and rubble come come flying off behind them as they go through the Stargate and then it turns off and only just in time for O'Neill to take off his own ha- hazmat helmet and say, wait, get the girl away from the Stargate because uh, uh, he's figured out that that's the trigger that's going to make this bomb blow up is to uh, go right at the Stargate. So they can't do that either. Uh, then they talk to some more with Hammond, um, and they say, "Yep." Yeah. So uh, the like the plague also got rid of SG Seven, who are the only ones who might have warned us about this. So uh, then we played right into Nereity's hands this whole time, uh, and now we're fucked basically. Um, so they say. Well, now we have another problem. Well, it's the same problem as before. Really, is that you know Cassandra's gonna blow up in an hour or whatever, and uh we can't send her through the gate, and we have to like she can't stay here. She can't blow us up. Uh, <laughs> but uh O'Neill says uh, uh yeah so uh, there's this abandoned nuclear facility and heaven says oh right it's just 20 minutes away which is you know it's not that surprising that there would be uh you know a nuclear bunker that's close to norads considering that's a whole you know uh nuclear silo like facility uh but you know it is convenient that they have this uh so yeah so they get on a truck and they go over to that uh to that bunker which like that that's the place that is actually Grandview station because we see the exterior of it and it does look like those pictures we just found on Google um but yeah it's a uh, it's been dressed as a nuclear storage facility um so they get in there uh and like uh Carter is carrying Cassandra who's still passed out uh in a blanket uh and, like, she volunteers to be the one to take her down there in the elevator. Um, and, like, uh, they say, I, gu- I guess there's there's only ten minutes left on the timer at this point, because the way, like, Onya says, it takes three minutes to go down there, so you have four minutes uh, to say your goodbyes and then come back up uh, before we're out of time. So, uh Yeah uh Carter goes in the elevator and it starts going down and then Cassandra wakes up <laughs> which uh, is is really rough uh cuz that you know some bad timing right there but uh now now Carter has to reassure this 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 uh child who she thinks is about to die <laughs> uh and you can see her actually you know she's crying and is having trouble holding it together um but she doesn't you know she doesn't want to tell her what's going on because she doesn't want to scare her or anything so ah uh, that's 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 kind of hard to watch right there this this whole scene uh as a dad I mean I, I as a human being this is hard to watch cuz you know not wanting to to right. tell a child that you think she's about to die as you're leaving her behind in this uh scary room in this bunker um like, she, 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 you know, uh, Amanda Tapping is doing a hell of a good job acting in this scene because she's completely, like, sobbing her face off as she's talking to Cassandra and telling her, so I have to go and close the door. And then, like, she lies to her and says, I'll be back for you after. Don't worry about it in just a few minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, as, as she's leaving and she's about to shut the door, uh, like, she, 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 like, Take, gives her one last look with her face completely fallen off and like crying and Cassandra like I, I guess that Cassandra picks up on but from that that everything is not fine actually and she, she calls out, out to her one last time as she's uh, closing that big vault door um, and uh, you know Wheels it shut and gets back gets back in the elevator, and which is where Carter finally has her big breakdown. That now that she's uh completely alone, uh, she kicks the wall and like she gets down into fetal position in the corner of the elevator as she's crying about this. Um, but then wait, she 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 gets an idea. Uh, we don't hear what it is right now anyway. Uh, but like she basically stops the elevator, the elevator, and starts going back down. Uh, and back on the surface, Daniel sees that the, the the floor counter on the next to the elevator has started ca- counting back in the other direction. Um, she's like, "Oh no, wait! She's going back down." Uh, and uh, O'Neill gets on the intercom that links down to that uh, that thirtieth basement down there and starts telling her, "Wait, you need to get back right now." Uh, he he just yells at her. Uh, through the intercom and like uh, Carter goes back over to Cassandra and shuts the door back down and goes over to Hugger and Cassandra says, are we going to die? And Carter says with actual conviction in her voice, no, we're not going to die. And we don't know for sure. It's really tense. Uh, We see O'Neill look at his watch and we see there's only a minute left and he tells Daniel and Tilk to leave just in case things go bad. And they just stare at each other and stay there and don't move. And he goes, yeah, right. Okay. I get it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so uh we get some more hugging uh, a lot of tension and emotion it's really sad and my narration is not uh giving justice to this moment because <laughs> it's an effective scene of tv um yeah uh we see like the last few seconds of the of the timer uh on o'neill's watch and then uh he l- the timer reaches zero and we don't see anything happen and daniel says i don't feel anything and uh they go, you know, uh, they're not sure if maybe she did blow up, and they're just, like, insulated enough that they don't even feel it, and they think, you know, Onya says, maybe we're wrong about the time, Daniel says, maybe we're wrong about everything, actually. Uh, But then, like, Onya gets back on the intercom and tries to get in contact with Carter, and uh, (laughs) like, uh, they undercut the tension a little bit, because they cut to the to the, to, to the downstairs intercom a second before we see that Carter is still alive and well, which, you know, if, if that, if Cassandra had exploded in a nuclear fireball, there would be no intercom there. Uh, but, but I guess since it's only for a second, that's some, uh, you would have to think of that anyway if you're watching. Uh, that I'm just over analyzing the shot right there. Anyway, uh, yeah, Carter is fine. Cassandra didn't blow up. Yeah. Yay. Um, and Ollie says, "So how did you know this, this she would be fine?" And uh Carter says, "Well, she was like she went into a coma when we brought her close to the stargate and then she got better when we got here, so I figured that her condition was dependent on her distance to the stargate and somehow that would mean that being far enough away from the stargate this thing would unmake itself and it wouldn't be a bomb anymore and it would be fine and I I mean, yeah, uh that seems like <laughs> that seems like a, a a a big bet that she took uh uh you know just to be with cassandra in these moments and uh not have this little girl worry cuz you know uh she she was sure enough of of that that she went back down there willing to risk her life for it um but yeah, she, it turns out she was right. Fortunately, uh, yay! Everything is fine. Uh, what's like for I think the second time the season, the, the correct uh, solution to the problem was to basically do nothing, or in this case, you know, to get farther away from where they were. That was uh, that that was the solution to basically do the opposite of what they would think to do to solve the problem. Um, but yeah it's 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 this episode is better than brief candle it's it's uh, it's direct better it's like it works emotionally because uh you, you know you don't want this little girl to blow up obviously uh, <laughs> so we cut to a cute scene because uh, now everyone is in a park, and uh like Cassandra is swinging between the arms of Daniel and Sam doing that that kid little that thing little kids do. And Daniel is wearing a uh, chef kiss of an outfit right there because <laughs> he's got, uh, he's got beige slacks. He's got that re- a-, a red button up <laughs> shirt with some really wide sleeves. Uh, th- he's got the 1997... Uh, he looks yeah, like Chandler. Yeah, basically Chandler. Uh, he looks like <laughs> Mulder casual. Uh, and Teal has... Uh, a, a, an outfit similar to the one he wore at Daniel's funeral a few episodes ago with that fedora hat and a, a, a vest with a suit and pants that look a little a little too big for him. Uh, put another notch on the Teal Queer's Funny Hats uh, board, even though I think that's literally a hat we've seen him wear before. And it's not really played for laughs in this scene. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just walking in a park and I guess they're Going there to meet O'Neill, cause he like he, he walks uh, towards them from the opposite direction, and he's holding an adorable little puppy in his arms. Uh, <laughs> and Cassandra goes up and says, "What is that?" Because she does she doesn't know what a dog is. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, she's never seen any Earth animals. Uh, and O'Neill's like gives her some bullshit, and he says, "Well, there's a rule on Earth where uh, it's you know it's a rule that every kid has to have a dog, so you're." a kid and you need to have a dog so here's your dog and it's I think this looks like a Shiba Inu uh, it's a really cute dog and I really hope okay I don't know if O'Neill cleared this with Frasier before because we're about to learn that uh, Frasier is going to adopt Cassandra for now and you know uh, if I just like tiny spoiler for later on Fraser is actually going to stay uh, Cassandra's mother going forward um, but yet I mean, it's not like she's got no, any other right? family. She's divorced, uh, but yeah, she's going to be a single mom for, for this girl, who's at least, you know, not a baby, so she can deal with it, I guess. Uh, even though Freezer has...
0: She can reach the yeah, microwave. Yeah, yeah. When I was that age and that, size,
1: the... <laughs> I was cooking for go. myself. She, she knows about so, hot dogs. She'll be fine. You know, um...
0: <laughs> she knows what a hot dog is. She's going to learn what yep, totino. is. She knows what a dog is now. She, she's hot... got all her... The hot yeah. pocket you know
1: because <laughs> uh, yeah, being a doctor, especially being a doctor for the army in a secret like uh, uh, base that no one can know about has to be a lot of hours in Fraser's Week uh, to add being a mom on top of it, but uh, yeah, apparently that's the plan for now. Uh, it's, yeah, all of that. Like, I hope O'Neill cleared that with her before buying a dog, but I get the feeling with the way O'Neill's character is that he didn't. This is just, hey, surprise, Fraser. You have a dog now, by the way. And a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the daughter part was not a surprise, at least. Um, so, uh,. Yeah, they they get back to they do a little like coda to this whole thing because Daniel asks Carter. He says, "You know, the, the explanation you gave us that was still kind of a big gamble to take. Like, how could you know for sure that she wouldn't blow up?" And Carter says, I, I don't know. I just knew. It just made sense. Made sense in her head, I guess." And Tilk Teal- uh, goes a uh, mother's instinct, perhaps, because, like you know, is <laughs> you, you you gotta state explicitly the theme of this episode uh, for any people in the audience who might not get the subtext here. Um, but yeah, she calls him out on it he's, and she says, yeah, subtle but no, uh, th- which is where Sam says that Fraser is going to be the one who keeps Cassandra, actually because, you know, we couldn't have uh, Carter be a mom on this show because you would ask every episode where is Cassandra and wh- where, why is yeah. Sam going on <laughs> dangerous life-threatening missions if she has a daughter at home, so this is cleaner that way uh, uh, yeah, and they say yeah Uh, she says that Fraser is going to be like her foster mom for now until they can find a permanent adoptive uh, parents. Uh, And Daniel points out that it would have to be parents that have the security clearance because uh, this is a a girl from another planet and the parent would have to know this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, Carter says, I wouldn't be surprised if Fraser just decided to keep her, which is what actually happens. Um, And like, they... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, they say, yeah, and Carter says, Give us, gives us a little bit more exposition and says, uh, I, I wasn't completely sure until I knew that the, the thing was being uh, disintegrated in her body and being reabsorbed, which is what tells us that everything's fine now and we don't have to worry about this anymore. Uh, so Cassandra and Jack go, go back up to the group and Cassandra says, hey, check out my new dog. <laughs> and Sam says, your new dog? and cassandra says yeah it's an earth rule every kid has to have one so i have one now and carter just looks at O'Neill, and and o'neill just like looks back at her with a smile on his face like shut the fuck up look on his face and she just laughs and it's funny um and like o'neill takes the dog for a for a walk and they just leave uh carter alone with cassandra for one last moment uh and like um so, like, they, they have Cassandra repeat what, she, what she's been told, which is, you know, I can't tell anyone about the Stargate, and I come from a place called Toronto, which, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll always like pretend you're from Canada and you're gonna, gonna do fine in Colorado. If anyone thinks you're weird, just say you're from Toronto. They're gonna go, oh, right. Those Canadian mannerisms where you don't know where the dog is. Uh, and uh, Cassandra, like Cassandra look, looks at uh, the swings in the park and says what are those and, and Carter says ah those are swings and Cassandra says "Oh, uh, we don't have those in Toronto which is you know it's a very light jab but uh, as the one Canadian who's on this podcast I should point out that making fun of Toronto is our national pastime and the writers are from Vancouver so saying Toronto doesn't have swings <laughs> is it's a very mild one but there you go fuck you Toronto I guess uh, laughter and that's the.
2: I thought they were just showing how clever she was because she was catching on to the right, ruse yes, already. That's,
1: that's just a cute little joke, but it also plays on the second level for any Canadian viewers out there. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, like, yeah, like I said, this is this is a cute. It's it's, it's a pretty fun episode and also like an emotional one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's well made. They finally. Did made a good Carter centric episode, which it was about time, uh, considering the the level of quality of the previous ones. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy we got one, and we're actually gonna get another one in like two episodes. But there you go. Uh, and yeah, uh, this is you know this links to future future stuff because Cassandra is gonna come back and Nirti is gonna come back. So uh, this this is one of those uh, Planet of the Week episodes that. Yeah, later turned on t- turned out to uh get sequels because people liked it, I guess. Uh <laughs> Um I don't have any questions this week, so uh gonna cut this a little short. Uh it's it's fine. We like uh, yeah, it's fine to have a shorter episode for once. Uh and I am gonna let you both go. Uh <laughs> Kavika, <laughs> say goodbye to to our audience. Yes.
0: Goodbye, audience. I hope you enjoyed a
1: child not dying in yeah. an explosion. may, may your children this never week. die. Um, <laughs> Eric, anything, uh, any podcasts you want to plug or uh, sumo wrestling shows?
2: Uh, let's see. Sumo is coming up in about a week mm-hmm. or so. Uh, hopefully they can manage to keep the wrestlers healthy and avoid COVID. Yeah, hopefully. Uh,
1: God, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that that was a problem. Yeah, yeah there's a big yeah, outbreak in China um, right now, I believe. And you know how with Japan's physical proximity to China, and that might... I don't know if it, I don't know if Japan has had an outbreak, I haven't really kept up with that,
2: but... Yeah, the, during the last yeah. tournament, uh, Japan actually had a pretty oh, bad God, outbreak. That sucks. Uh,
1: yeah, pandemic's still not over, uh, everyone. Uh, at least it's not, you know, a plague that kills the whole planet. But, uh, you know...
2: It's kind of is still anyway.
1: Um. Still yet
0: to be seen. <laughs> yeah,
1: get vaccinated, everyone. If you, if you haven't, we're we're up to like four doses, close to five here. The Omicron vaccine is coming up soon. You should get that if you can. Um, so uh, as for me, uh, my personal Twitter is at the You can follow me there, and I'm uh, I'm scared to look because I recently made a tweet about cartoons and like. I, I referenced a bunch of 90s cartoons that had a di- second different cartoons in them and it blew up and I got thousands of likes and still being retweeted and go, oh God, someone help me. Uh, I did plug this podcast under that tweet. So in case anyone is listening that found this podcast from that tweet, uh, you should send an email to jeffatakespodcast at gmail.com and let me know because I'm actually curious if if that got us any listeners Uh and you can also, uh, check out our Twitter account at, at Jeffa Uh, you can follow us there. You can, uh, look out for the, the post, the tweet I make, uh, the day I record this podcast asking for questions so that you can have your question right on there. Uh, you can also join, uh, the audio entropy, uh, Discord server on which we have a Jaffa takes channel, uh, on which we chat a bunch, and sometimes we chat in spoilers because we talk about things that happen later in this show. So you might see a lot of black bars on there, on there and uh, click those if you've seen Stargate before. Don't click those if you're listening along and don't want to be spoiled, Because uh, but talking about stuff from later on. Uh, you can also ask questions for the podcast on there, and I'll be happy to answer them. And uh, next week, we start... Uh, 1998 we start the second uh, part of season 1 at the last 7 episodes of the season with Korai which is a Teal-centric episode so uh, I hope you will join us there and uncree everyone